0: Welcome to Creative Codex. On this mini-sode, we're going to explore the physical and creative benefits of napping. And then by the end, I'll share with you my personal method for easing into a nap practically anywhere. I am your host, MJ Dorian. This is creativity tip number 18, the siesta nap. Let's begin. The average person gets seven hours of sleep per night. That's 2,555 hours per year. In other words, every year, we each spend about 106 days in bed, seemingly doing nothing but sleeping. Assuming you live an average 78-year life expectancy, that adds up to 199,290 hours of sleep. That's 8,303 days. To put it into perspective, you will spend about 22 years sleeping, a fourth of your life, at face value. It seems like such a waste, right? It's so unproductive. But try going even a single night without sleep, and you'll quickly see how important it really is. On the occasions that I've missed a night of sleep, The next day, I feel zombified. My reaction time is slow, my body feels sluggish, I'm drooling on myself by mid-afternoon, and my brain is in a fog. Not at all an ideal state for operating heavy machinery, and not an ideal state for doing creative work. Of course, this is where most people reach for multiple coffees. And believe me, I often do. But that solution comes with its own occasionally unpleasant side effects. Jitteriness, nervous tummy, upset stomach, etc. And to make matters worse, if you drink coffee in the evening for that same boost, it may screw up your sleep cycles, and in the end, the next day, you start again with the same problem. This may come as a shock or disappointment to us coffee lovers, but research shows that sleep provides the brain something which coffee cannot. It is during sleep which our body regulates our hormones. And our brain regulates several essential chemicals that help us stay alert during the day, such as cortisol, serotonin, and norepinephrine. A decent night's sleep also helps us retain memories more effectively and overall have a more amicable relationship with reality. It's why one of the first things a good therapist asks you is, How are you sleeping? The difference between 8 hours of sleep and 6 hours of sleep is often the difference between being in good spirits or being irritable for seemingly no reason. You see, we don't have to even lose a night of sleep to appreciate its importance. A similarly sluggish feeling can sneak up on you, even if you only slept one hour less than your usual amount. I can confirm this from my own experiences. Life is crazy sometimes, from having a demanding job, maintaining an active social life, or having a newborn. Sometimes missing an hour or two of sleep is just what happens. So what gives? Is there no remedy for the effects of poor sleep? Enter the siesta nap. sorry, the siesta nap. Also known as the cat nap, power nap, and the disco nap. A siesta nap occurs in the early to mid-afternoon of your day. I take mine around noon, and it lasts for as little as 15 to 20 minutes. Studies have shown that is the sweet spot for a good nap. If you extend it into 40 minutes, you're playing with fire. Your body will begin to enter a sleep cycle. Sleep cycles are about 90 minutes long, and each night you experience several of them in a row. When a doctor says you should be getting eight hours of sleep a night, What they actually mean is that you should be getting five sleep cycles on average. But where a 40-minute nap leaves you a bit groggy, in the middle of a sleep cycle, a 15-20-minute to nap is just right. It gives your body and brain the rest and chemical adjustment they need to re-engage the day. If we survey human history, we can see that napping around early afternoon was once an incredibly common part of human life, and in some parts of the world. That tradition still exists in spain it is called a siesta and the name itself comes from that long cultural history of spanish nappers in italy it is called a riposo other parts of the world such as the middle east china and india also have their own similar historical napping habits so what gives america why do we in places like the united states think we can not only work a demanding job which forces us to rise early, but expects us to somehow replace our natural need for napping with gallons of coffee. Some famous figures of human history had strong beliefs about napping. Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom during World War II, wrote this in his memoir. Nature had not intended mankind to work from 8 in the morning until midnight without the refreshment of blessed oblivion, which, even if it only lasts 20 minutes, is sufficient to renew all the vital forces. I couldn't have said it better myself. Many creative geniuses were also notorious nappers, including Albert Einstein. Then there was Salvador Dali, who swore by his siestas. They were a near-sacred thing to him, and he sometimes credited his siesta-nap with gifting him new surreal imagery to include in his paintings. Which brings us to our next point. Are there any creative benefits to napping? Absolutely. Although we have no clearly accepted theory about the ins and outs of creativity, it is generally accepted that there is something significant happening in the creative process between the conscious and the unconscious. Behind the curtain of our conscious mind, our unconscious is always stirring making connections, following through on the motivations we have consciously set forth. That's why, for example, when you can't recall someone's name, it comes to you in a flash a few minutes later. Somewhere behind the curtain of your conscious mind, a part of you is working that answer out. And it works similarly with creativity. One of my long-time strategies when I am facing a problem on a creative project is this. I go to bed thinking about the problem, Effectively, it is the last thing on my mind before I fall asleep. And I'm always amazed how different things look when I wake up the next morning. As I approach my work desk, it seems like I have two or three new answers or ways to attack the problem. Other times, if it's a musical piece I was working on, I sit down at the piano, still a bit groggy and waking up, and the first thing I play is the answer to that creative problem. On this topic, the author John Steinbeck once wrote, it is a common experience that a problem difficult at night is resolved in the morning after the committee of sleep has worked on it, unquote. It's like you put in a claim ticket at the local department store and the clerks work on filling it for you while you're off doing other things. This side of creativity never ceases to amaze me and everyone experiences it in some form. But back to the topic at hand, the siesta nap. <laughs> It's in sleep that our mind engages with the terrain of our unconscious. So not only do you get the physical benefit of a quick nap that recharges your body and mind, but you also briefly open the doorway between your conscious and unconscious to let the ideas and influences flow through. To anyone engaging in creativity, this is a precious thing. For example, there have been times when I have laid down for my siesta nap And just as I was on the precipice of sleep, before passing out, I heard music, an auditory hallucination. This is something which happens especially to musicians when they dream. They may hear full songs or pieces of music. I once spoke about it with my friend Leah on this show, also known as the singer-songwriter Le Freak. That's episode 26 of this podcast. And I know that she experiences this too. In one such moment... I thought the music sounded so interesting that I woke myself up, lumbered over to my phone, and hummed the melody into my voice memo recorder. Then I went back to my nap. After I woke up, I had forgotten about the melody, so I went over to the piano, and I listened to the recording of me singing it. And as I played it on the keys, it blossomed forth with other elements and details, until I had an entirely new composition on my hands. All a very strange and unique experience. Here's a clip from that piano piece, which I titled Life is a Dream. been other times, again, as I was slipping into a nap, that in this curious place between waking and dreaming, which psychologists call the hypnagogic state, I saw images, artworks, which I could possibly create. So I got up, jotted it down, knowing that it would disappear if I didn't. I went back to bed, and I came back to it later. To reiterate, it's in sleep that our mind engages with the terrain of our unconscious. So not only do you get the physical benefit of a quick nap that recharges your body and mind, but you also briefly open the doorway between your conscious and unconscious, letting ideas and influences flow through. So, how do you begin trying a siesta nap for yourself? Perhaps you aren't at home at the time. Well, I sometimes take my nap in the car. I put on some sunglasses, lock the doors, lay the car seat back, and set my alarm maybe there's somewhere you could still try to nap, even if you're not at home. Here is my personal siesta nap method. First, set your alarm for between 17 to 20 minutes. I do this because even if I only actually sleep for 15 minutes, it may take me a couple of minutes to situate myself. Lay down, and if you're on a bed or a couch, you should ideally have a sleep mask. If you're in a car, sunglasses will help. I've found It's really helpful to block the light from touching your eyelids. Okay, so you've set your alarm, you've covered your eyes. Find a comfortable position for your body and limbs, a position which you can remain in without feeling the need to adjust. Then, you let your arms and legs feel heavy. Next, scan your body for any tension. With your awareness, just travel from your toes up to your head and ease any points of tension so your body is entirely comfortable and loose. If you feel your legs or feet are tense, it helps to curl your toes, hold them curled, and release them a few times. Finally, once you've scanned your body for a minute, let your breathing slow down, let it relax. And as you breathe long and natural and slow, begin counting slowly, not audibly. There should be no facial movement No movement of your tongue, no bodily movement at all. Count the numbers only in your mind. As you breathe in and exhale, try to gently occupy your mind, withdrawing the number in your mind's eye. As you breathe in and out, slowly and naturally, draw a number one in your field of view, as slowly as you want. Then draw a number two, slowly, and so on. There's no rush. See if you can draw up to the number 15. Once you get good at this method and you've relaxed your body enough, you'll notice that you never make it to 15. You begin to wander and doze off somewhere before that. If you notice you make it to 15, don't fret, start counting again. Scan your body for any tension, keep your breathing slow, and start counting and drawing again from one. You'll notice as you go, that it gets harder to keep track of the numbers. This is good. It means your mind is wandering into that space between waking and dreaming. It is beginning to float downstream. Let it. You can keep thinking about the numbers, but soon they will get lost too. You'll be sleeping, and before you know it, the alarm will go off. Make sure it's a pleasant one that doesn't startle you. The last thing you want is to be jolted awake. They have some alarms now that fade in, rather than coming in full blast, and those are wonderful. I've also written these steps down in the episode description for those of you who prefer to read them. Give it a try. Next time you feel a bit groggy or lethargic, take a siesta nap. The interesting thing is, once you get used to this routine, you will start to appreciate how natural this is for the body and how ancient humans must have factored napping into their daily life. This was creativity tip number 18, The Siesta Nap. If you feel like this show provides something valuable to society, please consider becoming a patron. I have some goals laid out for the future of the show. For example, once I have about 150 patrons, I'll be able to afford to hire an editor, which will mean I can get the episodes out sooner. And once I reach the goal of having 1,000 patrons, I can quit my day job and focus all of my effort on creating this show as well as writing a book about creativity, and even producing a Creative Codex live show. Yes. So I thank you in advance for your support, and a big thank you to everyone who supports the show now or has in the past. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear all of the Creativity Tip episodes, head over to my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash mjdorian. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash m-j-d-o-r-i-a-n. Of course, there are some exclusives on my Patreon page, but I always endeavor to share the most important and helpful content here, freely, so the most people can benefit from them. That link again is patreon.com forward slash mjdorian. I've also included it in the episode description. This is Creative Codex. I am your host, MJ Dorian, until next time, sweet dreams.